So it is the next morning. Uh, the sun is rising. Sin, who has been in her trance ever since her um, vision or nightmare or whatever that was, greets the, the morning sun as it rises over in the east. It is still somewhat cloudy in Inskittering, so the sunlight is breaking through some of the cloud cover. It's not like a complete blanket of clouds, but it is somewhat cloudy. The rain has disappeared, but the clouds that are there you, make you think that the rain could come back at any time. And it is a little bit chillier in this area than before you got here. So you are currently the only one up, Sin. What would you like to do? Well, first I'll start off by checking the contents of the bag and seeing if it's still there. It is still there. And once again, as you unwrap the laces at the top and pull the bag open, you have that sort of chill that goes over your spine as if maybe someone had walked over your grave. Hmm. Well, I will close it tight back up, you know, cinch the strings on it back and um, begin to pack my things, our things, well, my things of, you know, our stuff. All right. So as you get up and start walking around, I'll say that both uh, Phelan and Galenius kind of get woken up by that movement. So you guys are also waking up. Mm, Morning, everyone. Morning. for breakfast. Well, judging by the smell of it, uh, I'm guessing some type of porridge. Mm, Not my favorite. That takes me back to the old days. Yes. Old days. How are the horses? Guess I'm going to go check on them. No, last night, I mean, how were the horses? You they were a bit spooked by the storm, but, uh, you know, we were able to pull them away without too much trouble. Hmm. A little concerned now, but, uh, you know, I'll go do the morning feed and water uh, while... Well, before you go... Um, yeah? Come here. Um, okay. While you guys were gone last night, I, I investigated our hostess mainly the contents of that bag that were taken. We think uh, that bag that we think belonged to Arleth. It had this in there. Now, Glenius, when you open this, don't drop it and freak out and say it's a demon because it might not be a demon. Could totally be a demon, though. It, it totally could <laughs> be a demon. That That is a possibility. Just look into it. Just so you know, that that does mean it's it's basically a demon, and I'm supposed to freak out, and I'm going to when you say it like that. I'm sorry, I didn't sleep well. In fact, for, of, of all the time that you've known Sin, she usually, when she comes out of her trances, she's usually very refreshed looking. Um, right now, she's kind of got that, you know, like the baggy eye look like it's some person who hasn't slept really well lately. Um, so, yeah, yeah, just look inside. So Galenius reaches out and takes the bag from Sanadra. It's a small bag. Think of it like a crown royal bag. It's like a of a haversack type of canvas cloth with a, just a regular rope string, tie string at the top. And uh, as you start to open it, you get a strange chill that kind of goes down your body as if someone was breathing on the back of your neck. What do I see inside? Uh, there appears to be a small like ring uh, actually, small. It's it's small in size, like it would fit a child or like a gnome or halfling, but it's actually got some pretty gaudy stones on it. Probably fake, or this is more wealth than you've ever seen in your entire life. Ooh, shiny! I want to set the bag down on the corner of the desk, and I'll kind of crush the bag like down around it so that I won't be touching it. Just kind of get a better look at it. Okay. Uh, I'll take one of my daggers out and kind of poke it and see if I can pick it up on the tip and see where it sits uh, so that I don't touch it. Um, is there any writing on it? Any insignia? Uh, give it. Go ahead and give me a perception check. Hopefully I didn't go blind in my sleep. 15. So Galenius, as you uh, manipulate the ring with your dagger, it, it again, it's very clear this is costume jewelry. Those are not real stones. The, the quality is pretty crude, uh, but there is an inscription on the inside of the ring that's actually the inscription's done with some skill and it's a name uh, it's a bit worn but you think that it is Elena Petrov would I know that name there's nothing about that name that would stand out to you at this time okay do you see what I mean why would a ring like this be in this bag I don't know his jacket had a large sack of gold in it I didn't take that 
I thought that might, you know, give away my snooping. It doesn't make any sense. Why would a ring like this be in this bag? It's got to be of some importance. I, I agree. That's hence my pocketing it. I also, but as far as the money goes, I, I had no desire to steal from the kind old lady who sheltered us from the storm. We'll find Anymore. out how kind she is really today as things go along. I think there's more to her than we could see, but we'll figure it out sooner or later. Probably true. Galenius will wrap the ring back up in the bag and tie it shut. I will hold it out to Sin. Do you want this back? What are your plans? I'll hang on to it, I guess. Phelan, did you detect any enchantment on this ring? Uh, let me take a gander at that. And Phelan will use detect magic. Okay, uh, so you spend a few minutes and you speak the words of power and suddenly your eyes glow a faint blue as you look around the room and the ring does not glow. But there are multiple objects on each of you that do. You've probably already noticed that, so there's nothing uh, nothing new in your mage site. So nothing else in the room that would be glowing? No. I'll take the ring and flick it back to Sinadra and just be like, nope, looks oh, like... Um, well, let me start over. Didn't you actually touch the ring? <laughs> <laughs> in my head, I did. Okay. So, I mean, as long as Galenius didn't resist me, I was going to, yeah, touch it and okay. look at it. No, Galenius I- gave it to... Sin at that point, you took it from her. So. Yeah, I handed him the bag, and so yeah, I, I would have, uh, I would have touched it to look at. <laughs> okay, uh, so a couple things happen. <laughs> First is you die. Congratulations. No, um, so um, if he gets possessed, I stab him. Sinadra and Galenius, you guys are not going to notice anything other than Phelan sort of going stiff and sort of staring into the middle distance. But it's possible that he kind of does that when he casts magic anyway, so it's entirely possible you would not have any idea that anything out of the ordinary was happening. When you touch the ring, the the room just goes very dark. Not lights out dark, but think like a, a heavy cloud moving in front of the sun, blocking the window. So there's a very definite difference in how much light's in the room. Uh, you get a very cold chill, almost almost shivery cold goes down your body. And you see... No matter which way you're looking, it, you're seeing a small child, a young girl, probably about 10 or 11, uh, skipping down a hallway. And she's just, you know, joyful, like a kid, exuberant, and stops and, and looks sort of like out of a window. And then you hear her ask, almost like over, your, over her shoulder, Mama, witches aren't real, are they? And then there's a couple seconds and then, ah, she screams and you hear like a loud crash. And then you hear her same voice in sort of a sing-songy repetition singing, uh, almost like reading like a poem or, or, or a, like a child's you know, hopscotch top patty cake saying. But there's something about the way she's saying it that makes you think that she knows she shouldn't be. Like there's something almost like dirty or are secretive about it, but you hear her say these words. Poor young Vasily married young Yaga when he was but twenty years old. Twas not out of love, twas not out of lust, Vasily did what he was told. Star-eyed Vasily met his Eliona when a mere twenty-five years old. Yaga suspected, hatred infected, Vasily did ever is told. Sickly Vasily, a-wasting from want when he was thirty years old. Illness. Did you hear me, Phelan? So I, I, everything kind of snaps back, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, witches are real. Hey. Were, were you, um, yes. Uh, what, what were you, what were you saying there, Galenius? I was suggesting that you guys go get breakfast. What are you talking about? Uh, I uh, I don't know how to describe this. Did you guys you guys didn't see anything weird? Did you? When? Uh, just now. I, I I picked the ring out of the bag, and the room went dark. And a little girl was talking about witches, and she was being all sing songy. And playing patty cakes. 
Was she about four foot tall with dark hair and uh, hauntingly deep, scary eyes? So you did see it? I saw her last night. Oh. That, that, that doesn't sound good. No, I, she actually I came out of my trance early and and she was there. And she said, witches aren't real. And um, and then she was gone. And I woke up Glenius. Glenius takes two rushed steps over to Sin, snatches the bag out of her hand, and grabs Phelan's forearm of the hand he's holding the ring in and, like, forces him to put the um, ring back into the bag. No, Phelan is eagerly trying to get this ring back in the bag. You'll have to do any forcing whatsoever. So once it's back in the bag, Glenius will tie it off and... I will probably keep it instead of handing it back to Sin. I will tack it in uh, another one of my pouches, so it's double bagged. All right. So you um, you still have that chill. It's not as pronounced. You know, when you first open the bag or first sort of look at the ring, you get a very, very chilly breath on the back of your neck. But there is just sort of a sense of, of coldness over you the whole time now. Like, just, you know, you would want to wear a light jacket, even though it's not necessary type of a thing. Galenius will look at Phelan. Obviously, there's something wrong with this. I'll hold on to it. If we don't find a reason to destroy it while we're in this town, I'll do so right after we leave. Well, if the bag that we found did belong to Arleth, and he's still alive, and we come across him, and maybe it might be necessary to return it to him, it could be related to this calling. Right now, I just believe that this is unnatural and... We need to find a way to deal with it. I agree. If it belongs to Arleth, that's great. He can take it and do with it what he wants to. But for right now, we don't know that it's here. I'll be honest. I don't know what to do with it because I don't really know what it is. Um, so if we can just get rid of it, I'm happy with that. But Or we can keep investigating it somehow. I, I don't know. Like I said, I just don't even know what, what to make of it. Perhaps an answer will present itself later. Or we'll just all die terrible, lonely deaths. <laughs> Let's go with the first one. All right, enough about that. I'll go check on the horses, give them their morning food and water. Uh, you two want to see about getting us breakfast? Sounds great. Already on it, and I'm already walking out the door. Yeah, so once you uh, exit the room, you do get a whiff of uh, something cooking downstairs, probably some sort of stew or porridge. And um, you make your way downstairs. There's actually three or four other people that are in the inn at this point, different tables. They've got platters of food in front of them. They all look like locals, homespun clothing. They all have some sort of physical deformity of varying degrees, uh, you know, pockmarks, blisters, open sores, twisting of their limbs or backs. So they sit kind of odd. Uh, you hear uh, the old woman, Quaco, kind of walking around. And there's also a, a fat tabby cat that is missing its back left leg. And one of its eyes is just dead white, just sort of like meowing around, going from person to person, trying to get food. Most of the other patrons ignore it or give it like a half-hearted kick. So it just keeps, and when it sees you, it'll start walking towards you in a weird kind of waddle. Oh, Quaco, you found your cat. Yeah, she uh, she was hiding back in the storeroom. I don't know how she keeps getting in there. Must be hungry. Probably. And uh, at that point, the cat will sit down just like cats will do and just nonchalantly throw its back leg up and start, you know, licking itself. Its tongue is about twice as long as you would expect and solid black. So what's for uh, breakfast? What smells so good? I have stew. Been been simmering all night. It's good and ready. And I can get you some, uh, some bread if you'd like. Marvelous. And uh, she also... For three. Uh, of course. And she'll set you guys at a table. Again, she's agonizingly slow. So by the time Glenius has gone and saw to the horses and come back, she's just now coming with your trays. Uh, she has uh, like brown ale, some, some dry bread and stew for each of you. She also has uh, two of those chicken bone pendants. Uh, she is now wearing another one. Uh, that she you would recognize that she obviously gave you hers last night. Uh, so she, right. so you all have a chicken bone talisman <laughs> at this point. I forgot to tell you she gave me one. So you all have one whether you wear them or not. Um, she does look at Sinadra with a bit of a 
intense look as she gives them out. I, I've got mine right here. That's that's nice, dear. I mean, are you guys uh, staying for a few days? Are you passing through? Yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna stay for probably a day or two, and then um, head west, east. Sorry, east. We came from the west. Galenius looks over at Sin. You must not have slept well if you're mixing up your directions this early in the morning. I clearly didn't. Will you be wanting to keep your room then for your stay? Oh yes, please. Oh, of course, uh, I will need payment. Of course, of course. And fumbles, uh, pulls into the bag, and pulls out some uh, the appropriate amount of gold, and hands them over. All right, and probably like one would be more than <laughs> enough. But you know, the the silvers for the chicken bone talisman and last night in the stew. So a gold, maybe maybe two would be. More than enough for her. I'll also throw an additional uh, silver just for her bringing me my late night uh, drink last time. <laughs> All right. So uh, she smiles and kind of gives you another one of those little, little cackles. <laughs> and then she'll turn and start walking back to the bar. And the cat will sort of roll over and start licking its belly with that long blackened tongue. I am going to put that <laughs> thing out of its misery at some point before we leave this village. Ugh. So now you look over at it, and it's now walking towards you, and it does that thing where it just kind of bumps its head against your leg. <laughs> Galenia scoots his chair two scoots away uh, from it. I will take a, a, a piece of the bread and kind of dip it in, in the uh, stew and drop it over on the floor towards Galenius. The uh, the cat will, will dart over there as fast as a three-legged cat can dart and uh, start nibbling on it. So speaking of um, our stay here, what should we do today? I was thinking of asking our hostess what there was to do in the village as we rest ourselves. We had talked about checking out the temple on the way, in anyway. Yeah, of course. We just have to find an excuse to get there and look like tourists and not like that's what we came exactly to do. <clears throat> I was talking to Quika last night when I, you know, came down for the cup of tea because I wasn't feeling so well. And she said that there's a sickness here. That's been going around. And um, interestingly enough, it has some some unusual symptoms like pockmarks and uh, malformities and things of that. As you look around the room at all the other people. <laughs> so we need to go from here and go to the temple to find the antecedent. Antecedent of easement. Mm-hmm. Perhaps not right away, but yeah, we need to find a reason to, to visit that thing. Perhaps we should see if the village has some type of local medicine woman or medicine man or healer and see what they know about these sickened villagers. Is it wise to appear to, and, and I, I'm only asking due to our encounter earlier yesterday, is it wise to appear so much of an outsider that we wouldn't know these things? Well, if we're just visiting, I don't want to contract it. We'll just go with that story. Fair enough. Sounds like, an, uh, uh, sounds like a good plan. We'll start there. Yeah, sounds good to me. So we finish our breakfast. And, um, and, and, and perhaps we should, as we go, take, our, take, a, take the long way around to whoever the local you know, medicine woman would be, such as to go past the temple to maybe scout a bit along the way. Sounds like a plan. I'm all for that. So to kind of refresh your guys' memory from, from the map, essentially if you walk out of this mossy stone the temple is all but directly in front of you it's pretty much in the center of the village there are other buildings that were around you they were all closed and locked up last night so you don't really know what they were but yeah if you walk out front you're not looking directly at it but it's it's right there in front of you do we see anybody working on it this morning like it was scaffolding and whatnot so are you guys gonna walk out now Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, after we finish I, I breakfast, so. I think yeah. we're going to walk out. So I'll give you just a – so essentially as, as you walk out over to your immediate right, there is what appears to be almost like a like a barn or a storehouse. Uh, the door is open, but it just looks like a collection of junk inside. Uh, there is a pen with livestock, but you can clearly tell that this pen is probably three or four times larger than the livestock would need for that. So – Perhaps they've also contracted something. There's just a lot fewer in there. You also notice that almost all of these, and, and uh, they are sheep, are standing facing east, like unnaturally so. They're not. They're kind of grazing. You know, they're not just standing there like zombies, 
But they'll pick at the grass and they'll just kind of look up and stare off to the east for a little bit. And th- no matter how long you watch, as a group, they are almost always sort of staring off to the east. Are any of them deformed? It kind of looks like some of their like mange. There's probably a couple that um, doesn't have, like they're missing a leg, kind of like what the cat would be. Uh, the temple is, pre- again, pretty much directly in front of you. Uh, to your immediate left, there is a, it looks like a home storefront combination, and there's a couple women out front, and they have like looms, and they're weaving clothing, baskets, whatever, but they, even from here, you can tell they're, they're moving with deft skill, but they're hunched over their looms in kind of an unnatural way. And you also hear a, a familiar tinging sound of a blacksmith. You can't see the shop from here, but it's clearly somewhere in the village there's someone uh, working with a forge. There's other buildings around, but those are the ones that are pretty much directly in front of you. Oh, I'm sorry. And then the reason I decided to start this, over by the temple, there is what appears to be a man sitting down, like basically butt on the ground, uh, leaning up against the temple, and he has a, uh, like a jar in front of him. And he just is sitting there. He's not like, it doesn't look like he's dead. He's moving, but he's not doing anything. Does it look like an alms jar? Yes. Yes, it does. On the way past, uh, I assume we're, we're, we were talking about finding, well, it's not that far. I, I will um, walk over and drop a couple silver pieces in there. All right. As, as you get closer, you see that his face is covered almost like what you think of like skin tags, but they're just gigantic to the point that his eyes are all but just closed over. And so he, he looks up at you and you don't even know if he can see through just these slits and these giant bulbous things on his face. It's like, oh, uh, thank you. you. You get the feeling that he probably isn't used to being given anything. Are, 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 you, are you new? Are you strangers? Just pilgrims. Pilgrims? Well, yep, just pilgrims. Would, would you be interested in, in buying any of my toys? And he'll, like, beside of him, there's a sack that you couldn't quite see. And he'll reach in and pull out. It looks kind of like a, like a marionette little toy. It's actually carved pretty well with some skill. Uh, and he's like, I, I, I make these. Sure. How much for one? He, like, you can almost see he's doing the math. Uh, five... He waits a second. <laughs> Silver? And we paid how much for the rooms and everything? I think two gold. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Seems like a, a, a fair a fair price for such expert craftsmanship. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And he'll reach it up to you like, you know, not quite centered. He doesn't really mm-hmm. know where you're at. I'll go ahead and uh, uh, take it and uh, take a few minutes to kind of study it. Does this marionette have anything anything on it, like, in, in its carving, or is it just kind of like a, a figure, a stick figure? It's basically just like a stick figure. Okay. It's, you know, it's it's carved with skill, but it's still crude. There's not a lot mm-hmm. of actual detail to it. Uh, but, it, you know, it's probably about a foot tall. It's got articulated uh, limbs, and, you know, it looks like a marionette that you'd see in any village uh, store. Okay. I will I will take it, and... Uh, um, Thank him generously and marionette my way back over to the group. Are you paying for it? Of course. Okay. Just just making sure. So so when you either give him the silver or drop him in, in his bucket, mm-hmm. um, he'll basically grab the bucket and shake it, reach in and, and kind of fill through the coins. And then he'll use the wall to sort of stand himself up and start walking in the general direction of the mossy stone. Uh, you can almost hear his belly rumbling uh, as he walks. So probably wanting to get some food now that he mm-hmm. has some money. Does he leave his sack behind? Uh, yes. So Galenius will let him get a couple steps away, and uh, he'll just kind of eyeball him while he's doing that. And I'll say, sir, you forgot your your sack with the rest of your marionettes, and he'll reach down to grab it and essentially walk it over back to him. Uh, okay. I was just going to leave it there. I'll, I'm, I'll be back after I get some food in my belly. No one will bug it? Nah. Okay, if you're fine with that, I didn't want you to lose anything That's of my, value to you. Mighty, mighty kind of you, sir, but I, I think I'll be all right. Most people right here in these parts knows me. Okay, very well. I'll set the bag back down and walk back to the other two. Okay, so just by the like the heft and the way it moves, there's probably two, maybe three more of those inside. As soon approaches the group, I'm just going to look at her and be like, what did you just buy? 
tourist, remember? As I kind of marionette and, 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 and lift the arm of it up to wave at you. As I am completely not creeped out, I cast Detect Magic. There is nothing magical in the area that you can see. Especially the marionette. Especially the marionette. <laughs> okay, because that's what I'm really worried about here. All right, I'll uncast it or whatever, and I, I'll still be skeptical of your little doll, but... Uh, it's not a doll, it's a marionette, and its name is Plank. Okay, well, your little action figure Plank, you can mm-hmm. keep it away. Galenius wants to walk around the rest of the temple, kind of like looking up at the structure and in faked kind of awe and wonder as to what's going on with all the pseudo-construction. Okay. Um, so and, in the daytime, you you know you can see it a little bit better than you could last night. There still really isn't anything that's going to tell you other than it's pretty shoddy construction. You do see some of the changes that were made. It's it's basically a stone temple, and it looks like some of the carvings that were on the outside that would have you know been to the form of Ecs have been modified in some way. Again, pretty crudely, more like they just broke pieces off and parts off to change it. They didn't really add a lot. Uh, the other thing that you would notice as you walk around is there's only one real entrance in the front, uh, which, as uh, Phelan mentioned last night, faces the south rather than the east. And um, there are two statues uh, that set to either side of the door. Uh, the doorway itself is pretty large. It's like those you know double doors, probably about 10 feet tall, made of wood. And these statues, the way they're positioned, they're facing out. So the arms that are on the inside go up, and, and the arms are elongated, so they don't, you know, they don't make sense uh, proportionally. But they actually go up, and then they go over, so the arms are touching, like in the center of the door. So the one on the right's right arm, and the one on the left's left arm, and then their other arms go across their body, and they clasp in front of it, basically barring the door. You don't see any way for for the door to open while those statues are still there. Call me um, call me crazy, but I don't think I've ever seen a temple such as this that would have large statues barring the entrance. Out of all my religious knowledge, would I have ever seen something like this? You would have seen a version of this. There are statues in, in the holy books of Esius. There are maidens um, that are you know used as guardians, but not exactly like this. But go ahead and give me a perception check, actually. That's a 22 for perception. Okay, so you are examining these statues pretty closely, looking for resemblances to what you know. And what you notice is on the statue that is on the right side of the door, it has uh, a carved collar with the holy symbol of Esius still there. It looks like you would expect the holy symbol of Esius. It's kind of corroded and dirty and covered a little bit, so you didn't notice it right away. What you notice, though, is that the statue on the other side of the door, the collar is there, but the symbol of Esius is missing. There's just like an indentation where it should have been, as if it had been pried out off of the statue at some point. Interesting. I'll uh, point that out to Glenius and Sin. So does it look like like the collar should be resting there? Like maybe we should put it back? Basically, it looks like uh, the, the collar is just so. So the, when we restate the collar itself is stone, part of the statue. Right. The symbol of Esius it looks to be inset into that stone collar, like a physical, actual Esius holy symbol. In other words, a key. Well, sort of. How uh, big? How uh, big is it? Uh, I mean, the same size you would expect a normal holy symbol of Esius to be. I want to put like my the symbol. one that might be around his neck. Yes, almost exactly like the one that's around that's his neck. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> As you guys are doing this, because this takes some time, right? I was—that's what I was going to. Okay. So I want him to—I want him to say, "I go to put it," and I'm going to interrupt him. And so, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab your hand and right. put it down. So I start expecting taking... someone else to come up and because that was my next question is anybody well, approaching us no one's approaching you but but as he goes to put the or I'll, we'll say that maybe you you took it out to like size it up like to see if it would be the right size right. and as you're doing so you it does look exactly like your symbol should fit there you go like grab his hand yeah quickly well, reaches out and, and puts his hand down and kind of blocks the symbol from being seen so what you notice at this point that you kind of have been not been paying attention to 
is that any person that you can see in the village, and from where you're at now, there's probably half a dozen people that are walking around. There's a an old woman by the the well in like a rocking chair. There's a few people are just on errands. Uh, the several people have started to come out of the mossy stone. They all stop and stare at you. You also notice that all of the sheep in the pen are now facing you. I'm going to uh, put my chicken bone necklace on. <laughs> <laughs> wave <laughs> <laughs> very uh, quietly Galenius will speak Phelan cover that up and I will turn and face the people looking at us and uh, I'll kind of shout to them so we just saw the temple and thought we would pay respects is there a way to get in can we give an offering so one of the uh, one of the people in the village that you've not met yet will kind of waddle over. They also have uh, like a deformity of their legs, so they're they're walking very heavily on it. Temple's locked up. Priest's been in there with the magistrate. They've been in there for a while trying to figure out what's going on with the sickness and, and keeping us keeping us protected. You know, Yaga does what she can with her medicines and with her with her prayers. Uh, but you know we're just fortunate not to have been af- afflicted worse and and have many more die. So I don't. I mean, unless he comes out to get you, I don't think you can get in. None, we don't really go in there anymore. We don't don't really have services like that no more. I'm sorry to to hear of you and the town's affliction. Thank you for for stopping us. We certainly don't want to uh, catch anything while we're here and and bring it to anybody else. How how long have they been in there? Uh, honestly, I've lost count. Few few days, probably. I will look at Phelan and Sanadra quite worried and say to them loudly so that everybody can hear me, well, I, I guess we won't be able to make our offering. Perhaps we should uh, see what else is about town and kind of nod my head in the direction down the steps and away from the entrance. Getting your hint, I'll clasp my hand around the symbol of Esius and just slowly put it in my pocket. Be like, yeah, good. Shame the temple's not open. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now that that scene has started to, to play out, if you look over, all the sheep have turned back around and are now facing east. What about the people? Are they still watching us? A few of them continue to, to linger, and then some of the others will turn and go back in the mossy stone. The weavers will continue to weave. The old woman in the rocking chair starts rocking again over by the well. The one thing you guys don't notice, or, or you notice that you don't see, there's no children in the village. Like You don't see anyone younger than maybe 12. It's because they've all been turned to marionettes. Or sheep. <laughs> or sheep. <laughs> uh, we get down to the bottom of the steps probably faster than the, the person that spoke to us. And I'll kind of uh, I'll catch up to him. I'm probably a few feet away from uh, Sinatra and Phelan. And uh, I'll just kind of uh, match them step for step and uh, say, well, if we can't uh, make an offering in the temple, what else uh, would you suggest we check out today in the town while we're, we're staying? Kind of nods over at the weavers. The the Belota sisters, their weaving's famous in this area. You can't find better weaving 100 square miles. And then old Podal, you know, he still runs his forge. He's uh, He makes uh, trinkets and uh, some arms, you know, if you're looking for something like that. Uh, there's not there's not a lot to do in the village. I mean, if you're wanting to make an offering, probably you should speak to Yaga. She's over at the manse, and she kind of jerks her head to the east, which is the direction the sheep are looking. There's a, there's a large building that's – it's definitely not part of the village. It's too far away. But it's not so far away that you can't actually see it. And even from here, you can tell it's kind of run down. And, like, you know, she's over there um, probably, you know, waiting for the magistrate to come back. We really appreciate Yaga. She does a lot for us. And, you know, she'll put her hands over her chicken bone necklace. We all wear these, but we all know that Yaga is the one that keeps us safe. Thanks for that information. Uh, We'll probably check out all three of those things. I know that uh, I've got some weapons that uh, could take an hour or two to— bang back into shape. That's a good idea. And and Phelan was definitely wanting to look at some of those weavings over there. I actually was. How'd you know that? You know, I know. 
you just know me so well. I do. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And and Galenius will just as a like normal reaction, he would go to clap the person on the shoulder, and then he gets to, almost to that point, and he realizes that if he follows through and smacks him, he might knock that individual <laughs> over because of the weird gate. Yeah. Uh, so he he stops and just kind of slowly takes his hand down and away from the person so they can't see it. Not awkward at all. Yeah. And thank you again. Oh, you're you're welcome. We don't we don't get many visitors to our village, so we're happy to to have you around. So surprising with such hospitality. Galenius will shoot Phelan a <laughs> look like shut up smart ass. <laughs> all right, so where do you guys want to go next? I honestly do want to go check out the weavers. You can, I mean, you can see the weavers from the temple. You come come around from what would be the front. Uh, it's catty corner off the back. Uh, so basically, you go to the back end, and uh, yeah, there's two women that probably look a lot alike, but it's somewhat hard to tell because they're disfigurements. Uh, about the same age, probably sisters, you would guess. Uh, they have a very similar hunch to their back, and you know they're they're working a loom, so they're they're probably bent over anyway. But clearly. The sickness has done more than it's a very exaggerated hump on their back. But, yeah, they're moving very fast. I mean, their weaving's very skilled, and they're making some very beautiful items. Roughly how old are they? Probably in their 50s. Okay. Because in my head, I imagine them looking old and cronish. Yes. But I didn't know if it was because of the disease, and maybe they're like 18, but they look that way regardless. Yeah. No, they're definitely 40, 50 years old. The sickness does make it a little harder to tell because of the hunch. Right, right. Uh, and as you're standing there kind of admiring their skill and some of their wares, another woman comes out much younger, probably maybe a daughter. So not like a kid, but maybe like 20s. And must be like the salesman of the family. She'll step forward. Out of everyone you've seen so far, she's the one that has the least visible affliction. She still has like some sores. Definitely has the sickness. It's just not as pronounced. And she'll greet you. Welcome to our shop. You know, we make custom items. We have more in size. Or is there something you're looking for? Ah, hello. Uh, My name's Phelan. One thing I've been looking for is a new travel pack. Uh, Yeah, we would have something like that. Also, would it be possible just to get a small piece of uh, of twine from you? Yeah, I don't see why that would be a problem. Okay. Uh, why don't you come inside? I'll show you the, the packs that we have. And then she'll look to the other two. Is there anything I could help you with? Uh, I'm just admiring the craftsmanship. Uh, it's, it's mesmerizing. <laughs> Very. Um, is it okay if I just stand here and watch? Of, of course. All right. And uh, she'll kind of gesture her head for you to follow. Uh, if you go inside with her, it's again, it's basically, it's a house that they've converted. There's like a couple of rooms that are like storerooms. There's all these big baskets of different colored thread and twine. And, and this place is packed, packed with, with, with items. Oh, okay. You know, they're probably not selling that much, but they're making it constantly. So there's just, it's stuff everywhere. It's like a hoarder's nightmare, but it's all this exceptionally well woven <laughs> things. I mean, it's, there's, probably thousands of gold pieces worth of made, you know, made items, mundane items in here. They're just crushed floor to ceiling. Huh. I'll search around for a little bit and I'll find an exceptional piece that I like. And oh, I'll, that, that looks great. I uh, think that matches your eyes. Oh, I thank you. This is, this is excellent work. I'd like to purchase this, but speaking of which, uh, how sales been going? It seems you've got a little bit of overstock here. Well, yeah, we don't get many visitors, but we have a healthy supply of uh, of our yarn, so they just keep uh, weaving. We know someday when this sickness has finally passed us and the outsiders can start coming to our village again, we're going to be ready. Hey, Phelan, while you're in there, why don't you check and see about a couple thick blankets for the travel the next couple of days, you hear Galenius yell yeah. through the doorway. Oh, yeah, good idea, Take a look. Right, there's you know blankets everywhere. <laughs> everywhere you look, there's blankets. I will pick out the ugliest blankets possible. So yeah, so you can find a couple blankets very, very easily. The satchel and the two blankets and the just ball of yarn, eight gold pieces. Okay. I'll give her eight gold she, pieces. She seems almost like hesitant when she says it, like she's afraid you're gonna say no. And so when you agree, she almost like, oh, shit, I said it too low. <laughs> <laughs> but, but she'll happily take your gold, um, put it into a pouch on her side. 
you know, if you if you have anything else, if you'd like to make something custom, custom colors or patterns, uh, we'd be happy to accommodate it. How long are you going to be in town? I appreciate that. I think we're only staying for a day or two, just resting during our travels. If you don't mind me asking, where where do you get the uh, all this so all the supplies to make these items? Uh, Yaga. Oh, Yaga provides this. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much. And if you want something custom, let us know. It, it may take a day or two to 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 make. So if you've only got a couple days, I'll uh, I'll talk to my companions and you want the warranty with this <laughs> and see what they want and see if they uh, if they have any any need for anything. So when I when I walk out of the uh, the store slash home, I want to take the blankets and toss them on Galenius's head. Be like, here, I got you these blankets, and they're exceptional quality. So as not to upset anyone, I will shoot a very fake smile at Phelan and say, thanks, these are exactly what we needed. And he will fold them uh, as tight as possible and stack them up and throw them on a shoulder. I'll smirk and be like, I know they are, aren't they? And there were only three gold apiece, which you would probably think is way too much. That sounds like a great price <laughs> isn't it though i'm so glad that you got this urine yellow blanket all for you put on my nice new backpack and it's just brimming with empty space that i can fill oh well here adventures. since one of these is yours uh why don't you take it and he'll spin failing around and shove very hard one of the blankets into the new pack no problem. It's so spacious back here. As he's like <laughs> shoving him around and like almost punching him in the back and he <laughs> shoves the blanket down deeper in there. Nice. So you guys, you know, you, you've now left the Weavers. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to do in town? Well, we kind of, it seems like we definitely want to get into the temple and, you know, everyone in the sheep are totally watching us when we go near the temple. <laughs> the uh, children. <laughs> Every one of the children are that watching. That was really creepy. <laughs> that was really creepy. We, we, we need to get in there tonight, today. I, I think so. So why don't we why don't we do this? Why don't we go and and you know do touristy things like we'll talk to people, find out where the best fishing hole is, and and go out and do that, and and you know have some fun while avoiding the crazy people that might want to kill us because we don't worship their god. You know, just wait outside of town for till dusk, you know, do like do that kind of stuff and then come back and try and get in. Well, when we came in last night, there wasn't a whole lot of people around the village. Mm-hmm. So maybe if we wait till about that same time, we run the chance of having less eyeballs and making it a little easier to get in. How? We have to figure that out, but it's got to be tonight. I agree. I agree as well. All right. So, yeah, so you go around the town and, and everyone you meet seems, you know, happy to see you. Um, you know, the Weavers, obviously, they, they made some money. Koika's got some money in her purse. The the old blind toy maker, he, you know, he got some coins. So just like a real touristy place. Everywhere you mm-hmm. go, they want to talk to you. Nobody's uh, upset at their illness. From what you gathered, they actually think they're okay. They, they, their understanding is that there's a plague that's killing people. And that their sickness is less severe than most people. So they're actually very thankful that they're not dying. And several people have mentioned that. They're like, mm-hmm. they're surprised you're not dead or that you've made it through. In their mind, outside their village, like everyone's just dead pretty much around you. There's this horrible plague. And they are like this safe spot where they're being protected. At any point getting this information from these people, did they seem to know where they thought it was from? No, there was nothing like where it came from. There's, that's not really part of their conversation. Eventually, you go over and you'll talk to Potal, who is the blacksmith. And um, he's actually the guy that you ran into last night with the very malformed back. He's built himself a harness that allows him to stand by the forge all day. Uh, you also learn that there's actually, they're running low on coal. So a lot of what he's making these days are cold iron. He actually has just been uh, hammering ore so you can get cold iron swords, daggers. Glenis is fairly excited about that because he mentioned it to Phelan and Sinadra earlier. 
I think, before we set out on the journey. <laughs> um, before I got you your exceptionally well-crafted blankets. Yes. Yeah, he he is very interested uh, in that and probably will spend some time with the blacksmith. And he'll talk shop with him for a while about the cold iron weapons. And I'll kind of get a gauge as to if we can afford anything. Again, you know, the, the prices in the village may be somewhat inflated, but you also get the idea that, again, they don't do a lot of trading. So they're willing to also make make deals. Um, is there a particular item that you're looking for? He has cold iron swords, daggers, spear tips, arrowheads, and bolts. I do use <laughs> bolts because I have a crossbow. I, I mean, I'm covered. I don't need anything, but I'm highly, I've recommended it to you guys several times to get something. So yes, if you, you have, have a physical, if you have a physical stabby pointy weapon, I, now would be a time. I do have a masterwork short spear, which I don't know if I'd be wanting to upgrade. But, I mean, yeah, other than that, I have a crossbow that I use bolts with. He has them in basically like uh, packages of 15 for one gold each. Oh, well, uh, yeah, deal. Um, <laughs> Dagger? Two, uh, two of those. Okay, for, and that's probably like all he has. That's yeah. that's fine. Dagger. Three gold for a dagger. Great. Done. Okay. Happy? Glenius? Glenius is ecstatic. This is okay. like, Yeah. Finally, someone is listening to what I have to say. <laughs> Finally. It's See, been years. This is how we do it. We just indulge him every once in a while, and, right. and he's fine. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then we put him back in a cage, and, and, and you know, he's okay for a while. Yeah. Yep. So uh, so Podal actually will tell you of a, of a farming pond nearby that, uh, that has some decent fish in it, and that's where he would go if he was still able to, to walk well enough to go there. It's probably like an hour walk out of town. Once you start to leave the like, there's a there's a road that goes out of the town towards Yaga's place, and you go along it first before you diverge towards the pond. And you do notice there's quite a lot of footprints uh, in the muddy tracks, but they're very small, like maybe even smaller than halfling child size. Maybe would they be small enough to wear some ring we have in a pouch? Possibly. They are booted, though, or otherwise covered because there's no, like, toe prints. So then I was going to ask if they're furry. No, they're they're just, <laughs> like, boot prints. They're just quite small. Not but, hoofing. No sheep. Right. No no sheep. Or claws, like, wear beasts. No, no wear beasts. Claws. <laughs> just, just small booted feet. Interesting. But, uh, you guys make it out to the pond. I'm sure in your adventuring gear you probably have lines and hooks for mm-hmm. that type of fishing. Speaking of... You know, ring and whatnot. What race was the girl in the uh, the, the you know human. the ghostly girl? She was human. She okay, was human. yeah. All right. So um, unless so you guys, we fish. Yeah. So unless you guys want to do anything else, your your plan will be enacted. The day will pass. It does start to rain again around midday. Just a light drizzle. The clouds continue to to pile up, and as it starts to rain, that sort of fog begins to condense again. So as you start to make your way back into the village at dusk. It's quite foggy and rainy and cold. It's, again, pretty well shuttered up. You don't see anybody that's watching you or watching for you. The lights in the mossy stone, once again, are the only ones that are really on. The shutters are open. And you, I'll say you probably can hear. It sounds like there might be a few people in the mossy stone that weren't there the night before eating or such. But as far as you can tell, there's nothing obstructing you from going right up to the temple. What about the beggar? Is he still there? No, you do not see him. What about the sheep? Are they still there? They are, and they're looking to the east. Okay. Well, once we make our way back to the front, I'll start to get my symbol of Eseus out. And unless anybody has anything to say, I'm going to put it into the statue. I want to stand at the bottom of the steps, kind of facing outward, kind of very watchful. As um, Phelan approaches the statues, all the sheep turn and start staring towards the temple. Do they make noise? I mean, no more than they were already making. So they're they're not like crying alarm? No. Then I'll place my symbol inside the statue. Galenius really wants to go slaughter all those sheep. (laughs) There there is like a heavy sort of weight when it sinks in properly. It doesn't like click into place, but it, it sort of settles in a way that feels right. And once it settles in there, you can hear... It doesn't sound like stone grinding, but there is a, a, a sort of a scratchy sound as the two statues' hands uncurl from each other, and they go straight up, so they're now 
reaching straight up and they're no longer blocking the door. And you can pull the door open if you choose. Yeah. Kalinius will back up the steps as he's doing that, still keeping an eye out for people coming out of their house. Okay. Yeah, and I'll uh, start opening the door and see what, what do I the sheep see? do. They are continuing to watch that direction. Okay. All right, so theory time. Everybody's a demon. The sheep are the real people of the city, but they're the children, and we're here to save them. I was totally thinking hands on Gretel for a minute. <laughs> All right, so as you guys enter the temple, I will assume that you're going to close the door behind you. Yeah, the question is, would we be able to get his... Um, holy symbol? Holy symbol back. You don't know? <laughs> would you like to try to pull it free? You know what? I would like to leave it in there, but pull the door closed. Because if we pull it out, it's going to lock us inside this temple. You know what? This is the only place we haven't been yet. And they tried to stop us the first time for a reason. This is probably where we need to be. I'm okay with that. What do you say, Sin? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's definitive. All right. So you're going to leave it in the statue? I say, yeah, let, let's leave it in the statue and, and, and go inside. All right. So you go inside. You'll shut the doors uh, behind is, you. Well, is there anything hold on, to bar hold on. on that side? Hold on. Look on the inside. Is there yeah. is there like a lever or a switch like just inside the door that, you know, you like open with? No. Nothing to bar the door from this side? There Sorry. are no more inset like um, symbols, talismans anywhere. Well, so let me get So the doors open out, mm-hmm. obviously, because otherwise the statues would be pointless. So the doors open out, so the statues block it. If you close the doors, it does have those bars, like the hooks that if you could put like a piece of wood between, would secure the door. But other than that, there's no like mechanism to cause the statues to relock from the inside or to reopen from the inside that you can see. Got it. Once you guys open the door and, st- and step inside and start inspecting the, the temple itself, it it looks much like the temples of Ecius that you have been in before, um, Phelan. So you're really not surprised by it, except for, uh, well, Mr. well, first of all, it's basically an open area with, with pews in the, in the middle. These have been destroyed and, and like weathered. There is light and rain coming from the top. There is like a, a skylight in this temple, which is something that you don't normally see in an Ecius temple. Right. Um, so there's been basically crashed in, so that has been weathered in here. It does not look like anyone has been in here for, for quite a while. Uh, there are four rooms basically in each of the four corners, which are, is what you would expect from a temple of Ecius. There's one that's generally the storeroom. There's one for the sacraments. There's one for um, preparing bodies for burial and for rites. And there's one where like the priest would stay um, and meet with par- parishioners and dock their study. Uh, on the v- complete opposite side of you, there is a stone goblet on a small pedestal. Above that, there are these two metal configurations that, that look almost like weird geom- uh, geometric shapes, and they are hanging from the ceiling. And even from here, you can see like a thin strand of some sort of, it almost looks like, like liquid fog that's gathering like condensation on these geometric forms and is slowly dripping down into that goblet. Uh, there's also footprints in and around the center of the, the temple where the, the roof is, the, the skylights crashed, but there's no footprints that you can see to that point. And there's footprints that go back and forth to that chalice and back to the center. That's a lot to take in. Yes, yes it is. I think we found Yalgo's source of medicine. Or disease. Or someone's source. What do you? What would that be? Well, it, yeah. se- it seems really odd that there's a skylight here and a lot of footprints going there to there. Yeah, the the footprints go there and back. Obviously, they have to have come from somewhere. So maybe there's something behind the shrine or an, uh, another entrance somewhere. Maybe goes underneath. I, I don't know. Let me see what I see, and I'll cast detect magic. There is definitely magic <laughs> coming from the two geometric shapes. Uh, that are hanging yeah. above the chalice. There is magic coming from the chalice itself, and the liquid fog also is uh, magical in nature. Oh, Galenius will walk forward. He'll take the shield from between his shoulders and hold it in his offhand, uh, and he'll 
take his uh, his main hand and rest it on his on his sword so he can quickly uh, draw it. And I want to go toward the center and take a closer look at the footprints that I can see in the in the moonlight. All right. um, they are small booted prints, but quite small. Are they similar to what we saw on the path earlier today? Yes. Oh. Can I differentiate if there's more than one size? No, they're all fairly similar. So it could be one thing walking a lot, multiple trips, or it could be multiple, also possible multiple trips. And there's no, they just start in this area and they go basically, toward the shrine. Yep, and, and back basically to this area. There are also, uh, well, again, and it's not like it's straight line back and forth, but they, they only start in the middle. But then they go into different places in the temple, but there's none back towards the door. So it doesn't look like anyone's come through this door in a very long time. And uh, there's, again, there's there's pews that are there, but they're all been smashed and broken. So there's little pieces of wood scattered all over the place, too. So it's not just like a big mud pit, but because the weather's been coming in constantly, it is somewhat dirty and filthy in the center of the room. Phelan, what do you make of this chalice? I don't know. I detect magic in it but also from these objects i want to call them gargoyles like in my mind they're like these human statues no no dripping. they're literally like almost same like metal metal geometric shapes oh um, okay I like mean, just it's like a triangle yeah actually that's what it looks like oh okay that makes a lot more sense okay i i don't know i i do you recognize I, it it looks similar dc's i mean obviously you see this but this line here is like an extra stroke to the symbol which doesn't make any sense at all but they they have some magical properties to it that i see i also want to cast uh detect poison on this liquid is it poisonous it is not okay i take the chicken bone out of my pocket and look at it does it bear resemblance to what we see above no and you said some sort of liquid is just pouring into this. Well, it's not, it's not. Again, it's very slow. Think of it like right, like right. condensation slowly gathering, coming to the bottom and dripping down. And there's just like this one, almost like a long, slimy strand, uh, because it's it's thick. Like uh, again, like like viscous. Yes, but it, but it has almost like a fluffy. It almost looks like like a wet cloud or like or a liquid fog, is rolling slowly down into this chalice that's collecting it. Does that, if I look in, looking into the chalice, does it appear to be filling with that same type of a thing, or does it look different when it gets into the chalice? No, it appears to be the same. You can also see uh, lots of scratch marks on the inside of the chalice, and there's like there's not a lot of whatever this is in there. So either it's not been collecting long, or someone has been coming to take the collection over time. Scratch marks on the inside of the. Chalice? Yeah, I think as if it's almost someone's like was scraping out with something. I want to take a leaf that maybe have fallen into the into the temple from the roof and move it under this liquid smoke stuff. As you bring it across, it seems like it's sticky to the leaf, but the leaf in your hand starts to green. Oh, it's uh, oh, Phelan. What do you see? This is a wild guess, but if I had to guess, I would say somehow somebody's been tapping into the health of this town and bring it into liquid form here. And this liquid is able to bring vitality and restoration to whatever it touches. Sort of like a health potion, but much more concentrated. Like I said, this is just... Kind of a guess, seeing as everybody else has been so so damaged by this quote unquote disease, I would I would almost guess that it's sapping them of their health and concentrating it here into liquid form. Galenius will look up at the geometric shapes again. Does it seem like this is coming from somewhere, or is it just like appearing on these things and, and trickling down? The best way I would describe it is like condensation. Like these uh, these objects are collecting it. And then as it gets enough, it slowly drips down the pointed edge and then drips into the chalice. Galenius is going to take a second and cast uh, Delay Poison on everybody. And then I'm going to walk around to the back of the shrine looking for footsteps that lead away from it in the opposite direction that we of the door. Okay. 
I'm trying to, I want to try to find a, a, an, another exit. As you do that and you're looking around, you don't find any obvious exits, but you do hear something from coming from outside. The, the walls of the temple are very thick and basically there's no windows. It's just the one door in and obviously now you know there's a skylight, but you start to hear something from outside. It, it, the walls are too thick for you to make it out, but there's definitely sounds coming from outside the temple now. Anything from the door opposite us at this point? Uh, well, you guys have now moved. Basically, you're on the opposite side of the the room, so you're you're com- you're as far away from the doors as you can possibly be right now. I look around. There's nothing abnormal. Can't find anything that would lead an exit or the direction of these footprints. Now it looks like the footprints kind of walk a- around again. They, they go in a lot of different places, but they they primarily go from the center and then to this chalice and and back. But they also go other places as well. I, I think we may have to check some of these other rooms in the corner. There's got to be another exit around here. I mean, if those people wanted this thing closed, then we obviously had a... Well, there's a skylight, and we have rope. The noise from outside the temple is getting louder. It's starting to sound like voices. Galenius is worried about it. Like, there's a mob facing outside, and he's afraid to get trapped in here. So he actually doesn't want to... Uh, give away the fact that they're in there? I actually kind of want to take a peek out there and see what's going on. Because I don't know if it's necessarily like a mob forming, because they I don't think they would know that we're in here. I envision an angry, somewhat hive mind mob out there. I mean, think of the sheep and the way that people acted earlier. Uh, uh, Sin, we need, a, we need some kind of direction here. We're, which way do you want to go? Let's check out the uh, check out the voices just to make sure we don't have people coming in behind us. All and right, then we'll check out the side room. Uh, all right, I'll lead, um, and I go out in front. Um, I will put my back to one of the sides of the doors, and uh, weapons in hand. I will use my shield arm to crack the door open. Okay, and the I guess the door itself. It's not a perfectly well made. You could look through cracks and look outside without actually opening it if you wanted okay, to. Okay, perfect. I will attempt that and hopefully I don't get an arrow to the face. Okay. <laughs> to not your surprise, there is a large number of villagers that have gathered outside of the temple. They have pitchforks, machetes, daggers, and freaking tastic torches. And they start to, they're starting to, to cry out in different voices. They're saying things like, Blood for the dark So the voices start to rise, and you can hear different ones. And even like the people you met, Hodel, the Weavers, Quaka, they just have this blank look in their face, but they're, they're crying out. And they're starting to say things like, More flesh for Yaga. Blood for the dark wife. More blood will cleanse us. And they're starting to get higher and higher in fever pitch, and they're starting to move as a mob towards the front of the door. Slowly. Slowly. And at that point, from behind you, you hear what sounds like wood sort of rattling together. And uh, I'll say that Sand, she's the one in the back. You look over, and there's these little pieces of wood that are just like, like wiggling and vibrating. And then they start sort of rolling towards each other. Two marionettes reform. I knew it. Stand up. And then the one in your pack starts to wiggle. I hate to say I told you so, (laughs) but I told you so. Freaking knew it. (laughs) So this brings an end to our field trip into Vasily's Woe. We're about halfway through the module. I've taken some very big liberties with the module. So if you were to play through it yourself to find out how it actually ends, that would be fantastic. But I've also changed enough that you could play it. And there's some definitely some differences between what you would play in your home game and what we played here. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Please go out and check out the modules. There'll be links in the show notes to pick up the uh, Pathfinder versions on DriveThruRPG, the Kickstarter has funded, so there will be 5e versions of this available in the future. And once again, thank you to William Mumoff for writing these and providing us with copies. We've had fun running the game. Hopefully you guys had fun listening. So until next time, this has been Michael, and we will see you next time. 
Damn it. <laughs> Danger's my middle name. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at The RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, The Caleb G, at The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.